we're, we're starting, and it may be a three-week series to get into the Lord's Supper, um, but you know, this is something, and I, and I want to go ahead and apologize to the congregation at Goshen Baptist Church for not doing communion on a regular basis. Uh, it's, it's my fault. I'm the leader, and I have failed to understand uh, and, and to know the uh, importance of this, what the Lord has called us to do in remembrance of Him. But we're, we're, we're going to do a, a, a study this week and next week, uh, and then we'll be doing the Lord's Supper. I, I want us to understand it. I want us to know what it's about. And I want everybody to be reading and praying and understanding these things right here. But, you know, there's a little bit of homework to get to the Lord's Supper. And, and the Apostle Paul, if you look to verse number 17 of 1 Corinthians, uh, I'm, I'm going to read through 25, 17 through 25. says, now, I, uh, now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not. He says that you come together not for the better, but for the worse. It says, for first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. He says, for there must also be heresies among you, uh, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. It says, when you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. It says, for in every, for in eating, every one taketh before others his own supper, and one is hungry and one is drunken. And it says, Why ye, uh, What? Have you not a house to eat or to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God? And shame them that have not. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you on this? in this? I praise you not. Verse 23, For I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. It says, and when he had given thanks, he break it, and he take, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Uh, this do you in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took a cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Let's pray. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you so much for your kindness, your mercy. We, we, we ask God now, as we go into this study, Lord, that you would just, Lord, help us, Lord, as, as we see this picture of your, of, of your Son, our Savior, uh, Lord, how his, his body was beaten for us, Lord, it was bruised for us, Lord, how it hung, hung on that cross for our sins, and Lord, how his blood was spilt out. But Lord, through that that terrible night, that terrible day, Lord, the, the pain and suffering, and Lord, most of all, Him having to be separated from You for that for that time period, God, help us to reflect on the cross, and Lord, in the significance of the cross, and how by the sacrifice that was made upon that cross, God, we have life and we have it more abundantly. And God, I pray for for, for forgiveness. Lord, in failing to understand and to implement the Lord's Supper and then for us to do communion uh, as a body of believers and, and to draw our minds back to that cross. 
Lord, that means so much to us and how we've got victory through the cross and the resurrection. God, help this church, Lord, stay focused on the ministry that you have given us. And I pray, God, you just help us through this study time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As, as we're looking at this, uh, like I said, it's probably three-week session here on studying the in-depth of 16 through, I guess it's verse 34. Uh, but I, I want us to understand when, when the Apostle Paul is writing to, uh, to, the, to the church of Corinthians here, Jason, this clicker. Uh, when, when the Apostle Paul is writing to the church there in Corinth, um, you know, he starts out in, in, in verse number, or chapter number one, verse number ten. You know, the Apostle Paul, he, he, he starts talking to them, and it says, let me get to the right. He says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you speak the same thing, that there be no division among you, but that we be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Verse 11 of chapter 1, For it has been declared unto me, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? He said, I thank God that I baptized none of you but uh, Cyprus and, and Gaius, lest you should say that I have been baptized in my own name. He said, and I baptized the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross, listen to this, Verse number 17 of chapter 1, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. And, and y'all, I apologize. As the pastor, as the leader of this church, um, I, I know as a kid going through and, and partaking of the Lord's Supper, uh, doing it a few times here, but not really comprehending the full magnitude of the Lord's Supper. Uh, and it falls right back to the leader. You know, it don't matter what. It comes back to the leadership. And I apologize. I, I'm, I'm learning as I go what to do, what not to do, uh, how to do and how not to do things. And, and this is something that I pray that, uh, that, that we can stay focused on what God has called us to do. The, and, and, and Paul's going back into this again, and when he's talking to them, He's telling them, hey, there's, there's, there's a problem here in the church. Paul says, I hear that there's divisions among you. And Paul says that I, I, I really believe. He says, from what I hear, the report that I've got, there's, there's divisions among you. And, and when Paul is, is, is talking about it, he says, let me say to the job. First of all, when you come together in church. Now, understand, they still haven't built temples yet. They still haven't built buildings. You know, they still hadn't, you know, bought land on the side of Highway 9 and built the church. They were still gathering in people's homes. They were still gathering out in open places. Uh, you know, they didn't have a church to come and, and set. Uh, if you go to Acts chapter 2, it talks about that, uh, you know, as the Word was preached, folks was being saved. And, and, and it talks about how daily that they come together for the Apostles' Doctrine, 
they fellowship one with another and they broke bread. You know, a lot of scholars seem to think that they've done the Lord's Supper every single day. Uh, if that's something that we've done after a while, the, it would become of no effect because it would lose uh, how wonderful it is. And Paul's saying, look, you know, I implemented this and, and some theologians think that 1 Corinthians was written before Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John penned the letter under the inspiration said that this was set up before the Gospels was written. I wasn't there, I don't know. Uh, but it, it makes a lot of sense with Paul saying, look, here's traditions. This comes straight from the Lord. He, he, he's trying to tell them, he says, when you come together in church, and what is church? Christ says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there in the midst I will be, that's church. You know, a building is not a church. You know, we can leave here, and, you know, they can use this facility later this afternoon or tomorrow or Friday. You know, they could have, the school could be using it for the theater. You know, we've got a good stage. And, you know, this is just a building without us being in it. Understand that. This is just another building without the body of believers coming together in it. And, and, and it says, but there's divisions among you. Uh, and, 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 you know, when, when we start looking at, at, at divisions, and the Apostle Paul says, and there must be divisions. He says, I don't like it, but this is when the cream of the crop is going to rise. This is when the true believers stand out. This is when the ones that love the Lord and that have been saved by the grace of God and that truly are under the leadership and the guidance of God Almighty Paul's saying this is why this is happening in the church. It says, there, first of all, there, for there must be heresies. And, 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 and this is, when Paul's saying heresies here, anything that's not the true gospel is a heresy. Uh, I was thinking of this earlier today, and, and, and you think about this, okay, we're going to have a Fishers for Men group. We're going to have a Hunters for Holy Spirit group. We're going to have, you know, a, a, a Golfing for God group. We're going to have Shopping for Salvation group. Now, these are ministries that we're going to have inside the church. And, and, and when you sit here and look at it, that's when divisions start taking place. When you start having this little group doing, this, oh, you know, we're the only ones over there working to see folks say. And that group, oh, we're the only ones over there. You know, the others just show up for a social club. Um, when you look at when Paul's saying this is when true Christianity comes to the top and lost people see Jesus Christ revealed by their dedication, their love, their their passion for the church. Now, 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 now y'all, listen to me. This just this is not my opinion by itself. It's formed from. J. Vernon McGee, Bob Davis, John MacArthur, uh, Dale O'Shields. Trying to think of who other ones that, that people's mindset of the church reflects their mindset of God. Now, I, don't, I hate it if you don't like it. It's true. When you see the church, what did Christ die for? The church. What is the church? It's the people that make up the body. They're, they're believers. You know, we are part of the church, and we are assembly of this church. But we got 
folks that really, I want to say spectators, and y'all, I'm not, I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm trying to get you to understand. Focus on your relationship between you and the Lord. And when you see the dedication that you have for the Lord, that's going to spill over in your church life. You know, that's as simple as seeing a cup laying out in the yard and picking it up and putting it in the trash can. That's as simple as walking by the trash back here after we eat and it's running out the floor and you walk on out the doors. You see toilet paper laying in the floor. And y'all, your vision of this holy institution that we get to come and gather in, your, your, your opinion of this place, uh, I, need you to, I need you to understand this. The, the slackness of service in the house of God will be slackness in the service to God and the slackness for God. And, and, and you go talk to any pastor that's been in any church for a long period of time, and there's a handful. There's just a handful that are dedicated to the church, and by them being dedicated to the church, they're dedicated to God. Now, we're not, making, we're not going to make a shrine out of this. We're not going to worship this building. But us worshiping the one true God and our gratefulness for Him and how much He loved us and all He's done for us, that is going to show our appreciation will be shown out of our service to His church. And, and, and Paul says that these heresies goes on that you've got these little groups. When you come together in one place, and it didn't say a building, it says when you all, all come together, to however we're going to do the service. We're going to meet under a tent. We're going to meet in a warehouse. We're going to rent a school gymnasium. It don't matter where we're going. It's where we come together to meet. He says, you're not coming for the Lord's Supper. He said, this is the problem that we're having. Now, y'all, it blesses my heart that we're financially able to prepare breakfast every Sunday morning and supper every Wednesday night, and everybody can come eat, and it's free of, you know. Yes, somebody's putting the bill. God's putting the bill for us. It's a blessing for us to be able to come together, not only for us to, to have time to fellowship one with another, but for us to be able to feed our young. Hey, some folks have just got off work bad enough time to get here. And if they come straight here, they ain't got time to eat supper. Now we've got the opportunity to feed kids coming straight out of bottles. Yes, that is it's working for us. But Paul says that for in eating, everyone taketh before others his own supper. All right. Man, Tammy has fixed a, 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 a bag of, of smoked chicken, and, 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 and I asked her to remember where she put that bag of smoked chicken. And we told everybody to be here at six o'clock, and we get here at five forty-five, and we run over and grab our bag of chicken. And we sit there and eat every piece of chicken that we cook in that bag, and we don't care if y'all get any of that smoked chicken or not. The Apostle Paul says that before others get a chance to come and eat, what you've brought, you've already consumed, and you didn't have no thought for your brother or sister. And, and, and he says, one leaves hungry, one leaves drunk. Now, you go back and look at different types of folks were gluttonous. They, they were eating all the food and they were drinking all the the, the, the wine, and, and, and it become a social together. It might as well have been at the what's it, Man Dog, Yellow Dog, whatever down the road here. It turned into a fulfilling 
lustful desires, fulfilling their own pleasures. It's that I'm going to have before any of y'all have. You know, I'm going to get the best. Y'all have what's left over. And Paul says, you know, this is what's wrong. He says, what? Have you not houses to eat? If when, if we start excluding people, when we start saying, look, you tattooed from head to toe, pierced all over, you're not welcome here. You know, you just got out of jail three weeks ago, you're not welcome here. You know, you just got out of rehab, you're not welcome here. Well, you think you're better than everybody else? You drive this nice new pretty vehicle and you live in this million dollar home and you just think you're better. You're not welcome here. You know, we can exclude everybody we want to, but we can't keep them out of heaven. Somebody's been born again, then they're going to be in heaven. And that's our brother and our sister. And we got to quit excluding people. The church has to be inclusive. It don't matter what somebody's done. It don't matter what somebody wears. It don't matter what somebody says. They have got to be loved. God loves you unconditional. You love your children unconditional. Why can you not love your neighbor unconditional? Paul's saying right here, do you not have houses to eat in? Now, he's not saying there's something wrong to have meals provided at church and by church. He's saying what's wrong is when you start excluding people because they don't fit in your group. Now listen, when you start excluding people in your personal life because they don't fit your mold, you don't know what kind of blessing that you're missing. God places people that are different from you in your path to make you better, to change you, to form you, to mold you. If everybody in here thinks, acts, and looks like me, then we're going to wind up with a very soft, dull, boring church. Because there's nothing to rub the raw, to rub the edges off of me, to make me sharper, to make me stronger, and that's what God's saying. Paul's saying through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, He says, "Why do you treat people the way you do? Why do you exclude people? Why do you leave people out? Why will you not let people in your circle? Why will you not trust people? Why will you not forgive people?" And, 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 and this momentum keeps growing and Paul's getting into it. It says, look, do you despise the church of God that bad? That you want to have divisions and, and kick people out and not let people enjoy the love? And this, you know, we need this place to be a safety net, a safety shelter. Because every one of us, and it could be as close as 30 minutes ago or it could be 30 years ago, has got a past. And there's things that we all done wrong. Could be ten minutes ago. It could be ten years ago. There's things that you don't want nobody to know about you. Amen. Amen. Paul's saying, "Look, do you despise the church, or do you just like to bring shame upon people?" Now, when we start pointing out other people's sins, you know, what good does that do? If you're not pointing it out to the person. Now, if I call Terry and said, "You know, so and so, can you believe they out doing?" I ain't helping so-and-so a bit, am I? I'm bringing so-and-so down, I'm hurting so-and-so, and I'm, 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 I'm hurting their reputation. But if I went to Terry and said, look, we need to go talk to brother so-and-so, before this destroys his marriage, before this destroys his kids, before this, you know, what, these are the things Paul said right here. He says, what shall I say to you? Paul said, now, how many of y'all ever ask your kid, how do you think, what kind of punishment do you deserve? 
I mean, you know, really and truly, how many times do you think, well, how long should I ground you for? You know, what should I take away from you for, for, for what you've done wrong? You know, how many times has God looked at us and He says, look, I don't care what you've done, I'm not grounding you, I'm not taking this away from you. I'm just going to set you right back up where you fell from. I love you that much that I want to see you restored. Paul says, what shall I say to you? Shall I pat you on the back, Terry? Just keep being the biggest hater you can be. I'm proud of you. You just keep going. You're making your mom and daddy mighty proud. Paul says, I can't praise you for the, for the actions that you're doing. I can't praise you. So when you get these preachers that's preaching and they're telling everybody how good they are and they're pumping them up and they're saying, don't worry about the sin in your life. We're not going to talk about sin. We're going to talk about peace, prosperity. You know what the problem in my life is? It's sin. And when God, believe you me, when I, when I started studying verse by verse by verse, it brought a bunch of sin to the surface. And the Lord said, look, I'm not condemning you. He said, but I do want you, I want to make you better. I want to, I want to get you through this process. I want to mold you into that. Paul says, I praise you not. He said, for I have received of the Lord. Paul says, Jesus Christ appeared to the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, knocked him off his horse, blinded him, knocked him off his horse, and spoke to him. The Apostle Paul responded, received salvation, and he says, look, you go to a street called Straight, look for a man named Ananias, there he'll give you instructions. The Apostle Paul spent three years in the desert by himself receiving instructions straight from the mouth of God. Paul says, I have received this directly from the Lord, which I am delivering to you. Y'all, Jesus Christ didn't appear to me last night. God spoke to me through His Word. And He says, look, you haven't been having communion. You haven't implemented the, the, the Lord's Supper. He says, but it's okay. He said, I'm bringing this to your attention. I want you to study this. I want you to know the impact of it. I want you to know how, how important this is. And, it, and it's not that we're, doing, we're, we're going to be doing some ritual. We're not. But we're going to get in the presence. Some of us is going to get in the presence of God one-on-one. -on -one. And there's no sin with you doing this at home. You taking a piece of bread and you taking a cup of juice and you praying, God, forgive me, Lord, I've sinned. I know they sin in my life. They sinned. I don't even know what is sin. But God, right this time, I want, I, I want you to cleanse me. I want you to wash me. I want you to make me holy for just a minute, Lord. I, I, I want to remember your death. I want to remember the sacrifice that you made for me. I want you to go. I, and, and it is a way that we could commune with God in a very intimate setting, one-on-one, -on -one, or we can do it as a, commun as, as a community of believers. But Paul's saying right here, he says, look, I received this straight from the Lord and I'm giving it right to you. He says that the Lord Jesus Christ, the same night, now this is the Last Supper, the Passover. If you go back, there was a covenant made with Abraham. God came to Abraham and he says, I'm going to make a covenant with you. He says, I'm going to make your offspring as countless as the stars are. And there was a certain amount of bulls killed, cut in half, 
lamb. I mean, there was a huge, bloody mass. God said, cut and lay one half over here and one over here. And he says, I'm going to, I'm going to go through the middle of this. God says, I'm going to seal this covenant. And he kept his covenant. Even when the children of Israel was sitting in Egypt, and the ten plagues had come on Pharaoh and, and Egyptian people there, and the Lord said, look, I'm going to make a covenant with y'all tonight. You go find a spotless lamb. The first, you, you, you kill that and you take the blood of that lamb. And you're going to rub that blood up the side post of your door and across the top of your door. And then you're going to prepare that meat offering. And then you're going to have unleavened bread. There's so much represent. God made another covenant with, with, with Israel, with the Jews. God made another. He didn't leave. Abraham's covenant still in place. And then he made a covenant with the Moses and the children of, of, of Israel there in the land of Goshen. And he says, you do this and you'll be spared. There had to be bloodshed. And, and, and as God promised, he brought them out. He delivered them. And when we go in to see what we're fixing to, the last covenant God's made will man. Jesus Christ was in the upper room. They were eating a Passover meal. They were still observing the covenant, what God said do this one time a year. You're going to do this in remembrance of me bringing you out of captivity, me setting you free, me making you my people, me delivering you from your captor. And just like good Jews that they were, they were up in the upper room. They were eating the Passover meal. And Jesus stopped for just a second. He took a loaf of bread. says, and He gave thanks to God for it. And He broke the loaf of bread into pieces. It says, and He said, this is My body which is given for you. His body was not broken. Nowhere was a bone broken. Yes, He was bruised. He was battered and he was spit upon, but not a bone in his body was broke. Verse 24. Chapter number 11. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. And, and, and it's got a little A beside it. It says, it's for you. Jesus says, this piece of bread is a representation of my body and the sacrifice that I'm fixing to make for you. He says, take, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus says, when you pick up that piece of bread and you Look at that piece of bread and you dwell on that for just a second. Jesus says, remember me. Remember what I sacrificed. Remember what I gave up for you. Verse 25, In the same way he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this is the cup of the new... It says testament in the King James Version, but in a, the, the, the margin there, it says it's a covenant. He says, I am making a new covenant Says God Almighty's making a new covenant with man. He says, 
This cup is the new covenant between God and His people and agreement confirmed with my blood. God says anybody that calls on the name of Jesus Christ by Him being a sinless offering, by Him being a perfect sacrifice, the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross, Jesus says every time we're in a congregation or, or, or you're doing this by yourself or with your family, before, however you want, it says remember the covenant that I'm making with you now. Now you think about this today. Jews go back to the covenant of Moses and they walk right past the covenant that God made with man. That says, my son will redeem mankind. And it says right here, and do this in remembrance of me. Jesus says that, and, and writers and teachers seem to think that the first church done it every single day. They took communion every single day. They didn't want to forget what the cross was. They didn't want to forget the sacrifice. They didn't want to forget the blood. They didn't want to forget that Jesus says that i got to go away. But I'm going to send a comforter to you. Jesus says, I'm going to go away and prepare a place for you. I'm going to go away and come again and receive you unto me. And this gives us a hope that our God is not dead. Our Savior is alive. He is coming back for those that have been redeemed. And Jesus says, I want you to do this. And I want you to go back to Calvary. Now how many times do we go back to Calvary? You know, Calvary is where God set me free. Calvary is where God redeemed me. And you know, so many times I look to the promises Oh, I got all the promises, but I forget the sacrifice that was made for me to have those promises. And y'all, this is what I want you to start praying about right now. There's people in your life that you have not forgiven. There's people in your life that you're mad at, and there's people in your life you won't speak to. There's people in your life that you've sinned against. And the Lord says, now when we go in to finish studying this thing, you're going to understand why... These things that you hang on to keep you from being able to get in the presence and commune with God. And this is some things I want us to start looking at. When we start excluding people, you know why Paul preached the message he did before he went into this? Because he wanted to bring, when he started talking about in verse 26, 27, 28, when he says, look, they, they, you know, they spoke so you God's done killed because you wasn't approaching this table correctly. There's folks among you that are sick because you wasn't approaching the table correctly. Now, I'm not saying go out here. I mean, you know, they may be people that you're bitter against that has no idea they've done something. But God's saying, look, it's time for you to be an inclusive place. It's time for you to be inclusive people. And it's time for you to be a redeemed... Now, the blood of Christ redeemed me, said, but there is things that happen in our lives that separate us from the presence of God. And Paul is saying, look, you need to focus. This piece of bread is Jesus' body that was given for you. This cup of juice is the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross. As often as you eat and drink, you think about what God done for you. And as we go forward, when we're Trying to remember how that was said. I seen something today that says that
wish I could remember. But it, the gist of it was is grateful people make the best out of everything. Grateful people don't have to have the best of everything. They make the best out of everything. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's happened to us that's stole us, that stole, robbed our joy, that has taken our compassion for others away, our patience for others away, that's keeping us from walking in the presence of God and in, in fellowship in the presence of God. And Paul says, I need, in, in chapter 1, verse number 10, 11, 12, somewhere it says, I need you to be one mind, one body, and one place. And always, this is our prayer. I think everybody in here, one-on-one, when I talk to you, is to see lost people saved, save people set free, and set set free people, gain the joy, and go out and, and, and set other people free. That's everybody. It's, 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 but when we come together sometimes, we lose that focus. Let's refocus, and, and let's be praying about the Lord's Supper. Uh, thank you all for being here. Let's pray. God, we love you.